I, you know, I was thinking about what are the other small businesses doing in yep. general business activity around here is still, you know, pretty good. You know, people yep. are picking up things at the stores. Uh, they're selling yep. some cars. Um, mm-hmm. Farmers are in the field planting, you know, people, people in the Midwest tend to be a little more optimistic generally anyway, I think. Yep. So especially this time yep. of year. Spring has most definitely sprung in the area around Colfax, Illinois, home base for a recently retired owner-operator and our own contributing writer and an independent trucking business coach in uh, Gary Books. That was his voice you heard there at the top. I'm Todd Dills, and on the occasion of this edition of Overdrive Radio, I know it may not feel quite spring-like for the immediate trucking business prospects for many of you, depending on the freight niche you occupy. Gary Bucks we're bringing back on this week for two hopefully helpful reasons, as COVID-19's threats extend to both our own personal health as well as those business prospects. Number one, what's his recommendation as to seeking assistance through the Small Business Administration loan program standing up as we speak if you need it? Two, if you missed it early early in the week, uh, we ran a story in the Overdrive Extra blog that Gary wrote after a long talk with an owner-operator who took ill with COVID-19 while on the road, then recovering partially quarantined in his truck. What, I wondered, can we take away from his story about how to cope with such a momentous event? How can we plan for the possibility of similar happening regardless of what the health event is in the future? That's right where we get started. Here's Gary. Things are well. Been communicating with a lot of people. The four or five people that I you know, work closely with, been touching base. They're all running steady and turning profit and really haven't had problems with canceled loads. Um, Good. Particularly. Um, they're, they're pretty level-headed people for the most part. Um, don't get into a lot of drama. And um, I mean, I got one guy, he's booked through the, 16th, 15th or 16th, like three, four loads ahead. And, um, right. Yeah. And, Doing a lot uh, of planning and keep just trying to keep it as steady as possible and, yeah, hope for no cancellations yeah. and things like that, yeah. Yeah, they're trying to stay, you know, somewhat regional or from, like, um, Mid-South to Midwest, you know, not going, you know, thousands of mile runs and, you know, uh, trying to stay where if a load cancels, they um, they are near another potentially good load uh, without mm-hmm. a lot of deadhead. Uh, managing the risk, that's probably the best way to put it. We don't know where or how we pick up, you know, whatever illness, you know, we have. Uh, right. Over the years, I've been fortunate. I've had a few bouts with food poisoning. <laughs> And okay. figure out where that came from, but uh, for the most part, uh, if I was ill, I was close enough to home like these operators, and uh, was able to manipulate my schedule. I may have had to cancel off, and um, companies they understand they don't want somebody out here who's not well, and right now that's even you know, greater risk for everyone. 
this young man, uh, he's kind of out of that high risk area uh, age wise, but it, he described his illness as something he had never experienced the degree of illness, the how badly he felt. He had never experienced anything like uh, the extreme illness that, that he really felt. And um, for a total of, he said it was probably like five days uh, where he just felt as bad as he could and came on right. very suddenly. And he, uh, the, the situation for this operator, you know, it happened, now we're talking over two weeks ago. So it would actually be at this point, right at three weeks ago, in fact. And the healthcare systems, uh, the information network was still even more fluid than it is today. And so the, the ability to, for the healthcare people to know what to do, uh, they were, they were in the dark, a lot of them. And my wife who teaches at Illinois state in the college of nursing, Marsha, you know, they're dealing with these problems and they had a uh, person who on staff who became ill, um, like, you know, any other places, uh, we have a few around our area and, uh, they were basically everyone that we know has been told to isolate if they've come down with it. And, um, and it's not just, Hey, you know, we kind of want you to, it's like, you need, they are being instructed. You need to stay in quarantine. You need to, um, stay away from everyone you can. Right. So the, oper the operator story that you told, uh, I guess the one thing wasn't 100% clear in the in the actual story, but uh, does uh, Jay, as as we as we call him there, uh, uh, does he have a family back at the back at the house? No, he doesn't. He he's okay. alone, and um, he does have family, but they're many states away, um, yeah. and he didn't want to go there to risk. But no, he he was that part of his life uh he was safe to go home and uh, right and then uh be uh but he had friends who brought he either had things delivered to him or he had friends who dropped off uh, food and and other items for him right and uh but he was in his he was actually in his truck for the first part of of the illness right yes yes for yeah. about the let me let me think real quick so 19th it was like the 24th 23rd 20 no 22nd he said that it the fever he had a window where he felt like he could begin to drive it was about 200 miles he needed to try to go and right. uh, he just really um, had to be very careful. But, um, you know, and that's something operators and drivers need to be aware of. You know, if we don't feel good, it affects our decision making. Um, right. And like he said, he was kind of having trouble remembering, like, had he done um, his paperwork, for example, or he was he was 
kind of confused the first uh, 48, uh, um, you know, maybe, you know, hours or more. He was, he was yeah, when he, when he had a really, he had a really high fever and yeah. Right, yeah. right. Right. So, so, but that can affect our decision-making just like when we get extreme fatigue, when we drive, you know, if we have somebody who works uh, extreme hours or uh, through the week or whatever, um, you know, anytime, and you don't even have to work. It just fatigue catches up to us sometimes. Uh, we, we did a, we've done a little bit of um, just kind of, Trying to follow, you know, what CDC and some of the healthcare providers that that we have uh, contacts for uh, are advising folks who who are not uh, experiencing what our, um, uh, you know, uh, sort of life-threatening uh, or severe symptoms, uh, where they're really having, um, you know, trouble breathing and things like this. Um, done some reporting on kind of some of the how to's of that. And, and it sounds like Jay basically uh, was able to follow um, what, what others have recommended. And that, and that was some, somewhat successful for him finally when he got to that provider that he had a relationship with already uh, in, at his, in his home area uh, and just uh, was able to talk to somebody uh, directly uh, over the phone and kind of get that get that initial kind of evaluation of the symptoms and, you know, just be advised appropriately that way. Um, yeah, actually the conversation or the, the communication really wasn't verbal. It was all yeah. um, chat-like, I guess is a, probably about the best way first. And this is when I did some research doing this story, uh, what I found with the hospital networks, the healthcare networks, they do a, uh, a written screening where you answer questions and then right. they begin to um it's not really an email but they begin communicating back and forth yeah, to try to yeah. Assess. right and with that um system it's interesting that's where healthcare is going uh to re help reduce costs to help avoid um unnecessary contact with contagious people. Uh, right. You know, a lot of this is um, the future of what we're going to see more in healthcare, actually, and other things. So, yeah, it certainly, certainly works uh, that way more and more, even in uh, the world of freight, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm kind of old school, and a lot of people, you know, my age, we're very much you know, want to pick up the phone and talk. Uh, we want to be clear about it, but healthcare, it doesn't matter what the, the situation is. We have to have confidence in the information. And um, right. that's where when, like if someone is ill, to go back to that, they need to really be honest about how they feel and not have uh, an outlook like, well, if I tell um, you know, this doctor or this nurse that I feel as bad as I feel, they're going to make that I can't work and I won't know when I'll be able to generate, you know, income again or get a paycheck again. And the mentality, you know, being in trucking for over 30 years, 
the mentality of people who are kind of grassroots, you know, workers, you know, that are, that's, that's a little bit what goes on in our mind is, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating how sick I am. Uh, but in, in these cases, we have to be honest. Um, and, uh, cause it could, you know, look at it this way. We could end up extending our illness if we don't, if we, and we all the healthcare instructions we need it, you know, instead of getting better in, you know, two weeks or 16 days or whatever this turns out for this, these people, we could end up, you know, relapsing and maybe we're off a month or six weeks or eight weeks or worse, you know, right. with, um, because we could pick up our immune system as weekend. We could pick up other, you know, secondary infections, maybe a pneumonia, you know, in this case, who knows? We, we don't know enough about, it. but that's, that's yeah. uh, something we have to be aware of. Yeah. A lot of different paths that uh, an illness like this could take. And yeah, I understand uh, the, uh, yeah, this offer, he actually did get some, um, some prescription help from the doc that he ended up dealing with. Uh, in his home area, uh, and I believe that's exactly uh, uh, what it was for. If you, if you're, if my memory is correct of, of you and I talking about this earlier, uh, they they were maybe something to help uh, pre- prevent uh, any secondary infection and then kind of just some symptom relief, I guess. Correct. Yeah, that's the best description we can give. Okay. Uh, is symptom relief and probably and and uh, like an antibiotic for a secondary um, type, right. type comfort and, and let's try to keep it from getting worse. Well, glad, glad, certainly glad he's uh, recovered uh, uh, at this, at this point for sure. It sounds like he has. And, um, you know, it is just kind of a, it's a scary story in, in a certain way, but, but also um, I think uh, illustrates just some, in, re, in this kind of real world scenario, like what can be done uh, if this happens to you out there? Fortunately, he wasn't so ill that you know he needed uh, he needed you know any kind of intensive care or anything like that. But but uh, he managed to just kind of keep control of the of his own situation and and without unnecessarily uh, without taking taking too much risk, I guess, on himself and you know. Uh, those kinds of things, and I'm glad glad he finally did find some assistance there. Sounds like a few days yeah. before he did, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that my my experience in life and 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 in the trucking business, uh, my recommendation is people need to develop a strong sense of self awareness of. Um, how you know how they feel um their view both mentally and physically because um you know if we're you know these are very tough times and if people are depressed about the market if they're you know have you know high anxiety or um you know trouble focusing that affects us physically as well and there there's lots of research that shows that and a lot of people will try to, 
you know, discount that and say, well, I'm a tough guy. You know, I, you know, I've been through a lot in life. I can handle this. Well, uh, no matter what we're doing in our life, we need to have that good self-awareness and be, um, be willing to uh, take care of um, the priorities in our life. You know, uh, you know, don't make the next load your last load. That's, that's part of what I, I hope people realize, yeah. you know, um, you know, we get a lot of people that I just, I need a load. I need a load right now. I got to, you know, I need the income, but you know, don't make it your last load, make it the right thing to do. And, um, we'll get through this, you know, there's a lot of help available out there, but you got to learn how to navigate the system too. I think that one of the things I'd like to point out when this driver, this owner, when he really needed the help, it wasn't until he remembered he had seen a doctor and was able to find that contact from two years earlier. So he doesn't he doesn't go and see a doctor regularly, like once a year for a physical or you know a checkup. Um, mm-hmm. So he really hadn't developed a relationship with a healthcare provider. This is a strong. Uh, warning for him and anyone else how important that is and it's doubly important when you're a driver owner operator who travels multiple states across the country because you get outside of um, a healthcare network you've worked with uh, and get somewhere else it can be you know doubly difficult it can be so difficult to get that help um and it's like everything we do in our business, technology or not, we need to develop those personal relationships with people. So when we have a problem, we can make that phone call, we can drop that email uh, to that contact and say, here's my situation, can you help me? Right. People, people want to help people in need. That's just a natural part of being, you know, human. I mean, that's, that's humanity. And I've called several banks lately about the, you know, small business thing, people that I don't even do business with and just express why I was calling them. They were so cordial and so, um, willing to help and answer questions to smooth the information uh, network pathway to people. So, uh, you know, follow the golden rule somewhat, folks. You know, treat others how you want to be treated, and and that's going to make a big difference in your business and your life. And not only that, of course, in a time like this, look ahead to the relationships that you need to establish, whether with a healthcare provider, a broker, or ship a customer. And indeed, his book suggests a bank. Those relationships you'll need to be able to leverage when times get tough again. If you don't have those relationships now, there's no time like the present to establish them. You may not be able to meet face-to-face with your banker right in the right here, right now, but pick up the phone and get things started. Which brings me back to what Buck was starting to talk about there, the loan assistance programs standing up as a result of the CARES Act. Some call it a stimulus, some call it a relief bill. Those programs are in addition to potential unemployment compensation options, newly applicable to some owner-ops out there, 
particularly I'd imagine those whose leases with carriers end up voided as a result of the downturn that's taking hold. But what Bucks was talking about are the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, both of which flow through the Small Business Administration. The Paycheck Protection Program loans are meant largely to cover payroll through the crisis, including paying yourself, and amounts available to be forgiven will be largely based on your income as reported on your tax returns. EIDL, those uh, Economic Injury Disaster uh, Loans, uh, they look like an attractive option with possible amounts of up to $2 million. Application for those loans occurred, occurs directly through uh, the Small Business Administration's website. Yet, forgiveness terms on these will be more difficult to meet for most owner-operators, says ATBS. Which, of course, means these may not exactly end up being uh, grants, though there is some grant-like attraction to initial emergency assistance provisions therein. Here's Gary talking a bit about what the EIDL offers in terms of quick access to cash, though reports the last few days have shown that cash has not come so fast as first advertised for many businesses that, unlike a lot of trucking businesses, were ordered to shut down as non-essential in March. Actually, the last uh, two days, I've been really doing some research, making calls. Like I said, I talked to talked to two, three major bank networks, uh, large uh, nationwide networks, and uh, contacts I had, and owner operators who ever are applying or trying to apply. Um, there's you want to if you're an owner, you what you want to do is first you want to go to search the internet for the it's the cares act it's the small yep. business administration there'll be a banner at the top about the covid 19 assistance um so there's like three four different programs so first one yeah, to know about that there's a ten thousand dollar um loan that could end up being uh forgiven as a grant depending on how the person's finances turn out and that right. one you can apply directly my understanding is you can apply directly to the sba uh, small business administration online for the ten thousand. and i just had lunch with my two brother-in-laws they are um, new car dealers here in central illinois and they applied for their businesses between them they have uh, four businesses um, car dealerships and other things, and they applied for each of their small businesses for the ten thousand. That is one program. As I said earlier, the application for that loan takes place direct through the Small Business Administration at SBA.gov. And Book says that generally speaking, his car dealer brothers-in-law there in his area told him it was uh, it took about ten minutes to complete, pretty easy. Again, though. As HBS noted, that might not be the best route to take for an owner-operator overall, given forgiveness terms are somewhat cumbersome to meet, and credit requirements for the loans are generally more stringent than with other programs. Yeah, that one they said it took them like 10 minutes to put it in, my brother-in-law was telling me. Um, other operators that I know that are pursuing it and keeping, keeping the emotion of it and staying focused, they are they are doing that one now the the payroll protection plan you have to have a bank that will be the sponsor or the okay. conduit to that um, 
what I learned from the banks I talked to and through my brother-in-laws today at lunch is, uh, first of all, if you don't have a business account relationship with a bank, no one else is going to take you on and do this. They're just mm-hmm. not going to touch you. Um, so not just a checking account, you know, personal, whatever, but they also, not every bank does does small business administration loans. Not every bank chooses okay. to be a part of it. With this Paycheck Protection Program, uh, some banks I've found will in fact consider working with non-existent customers. The community banker I talked to who manages a branch in the southeast said their internal policy was limiting uh, limiting those they'll consider who aren't customers to businesses that have no other local option at all. Why? Well, this bank serves two adjacent communities, population total maybe 80,000 people, maybe less. With just one week on this program being in effect, the banker said, we've probably gotten 16,000 applications since this Monday. Essential business, anyone? Again, existing relationships can in fact help. The banker's employer had to newly stand up an SBA program for its many business customers in order to facilitate relief in this instance. So keep that in mind when you go to your own bank. The program may have only started, even accepting applications this week, as of April 6th. Larger banks with existing SBA relationships may have gotten a few days of a head start there. The Paycheck Protection Program's funding ultimately is worth two and a half months of your average monthly payroll, as HBS puts it. For a one-truck independent, that's going to be your average monthly net income, as reflected in tax documentation. Again, ATBS believes the forgiveness terms of this loan for owner-operators are fairly simple to meet. You just have to prove that you've used the money for the qualified expenses while you're down. The firm recommends simply taking the lump loan amount and dividing it by eight. Writing a series then uh, of weekly checks for that amount to yourself and depositing them in your business account. Then you'll simply go back and apply for the loan forgiveness. For those of you who already do have SBA loans that are in repayment too, there could be good news there, whether or not you're currently in need of assistance to keep up income, as Gary Bucks found. The third thing I learned in a um, online conversation with an owner just about an hour and a half ago, he told, he wrote to me that he sent in his, he already had a small, uh, uh, small business administration loan for his trucking business he sent his normal payment in they sent it back to him the payment and said we've already applied the bank already applied for relief and his payments are already covered for the next six months so he already had that relationship so that reinforces what I learned from other business owners that if you aren't already established, it's going to be very difficult to to maybe get some of this help you're reading about. Um, my advice is talk to a bank, find out if they do any small business administrative loans, and if they do, then begin to investigate moving your business, some of your business to that bank, start developing a business account relationship with a bank for future 
help because we tend to be reactionary when after the after the problems happen but business wise the best time to get the help is when you're in a strong position for for financial help for borrowing mm-hmm. or you know if we if we you know it's counterintuitive well i don't need the help what do i want to go to a bank and get a loan for i don't need it well that's when you want to do it so that when you do need it you have the history relationship and so on and and so one of the operators this is a, uh, another one beyond the conversation i've already talked about he said he was trying to figure out how to deal with his truck payments a lot of comp- a lot of banks are forgiving or not forgiving but delaying you know basically yep. moving payments to the end without penalty his yep. particular finance company isn't willing to do that and i said well maybe you can investigate getting some of the sba type um help through the bank you you have an account with talk to them and refinance that truck totally try to see if you can get a loan to refinance your business. Now, it may not happen this go around, but consider that a future goal. You know, we we tend to, once the crisis is over, we as business people tend to say, well, now, you know, the problem's gone. I don't need to worry about it. Um, I'll never have to deal with it again. And Unfortunately, in the business cycle, that's just not true. Uh, you know, we're, we've been in a what's been considered a freight recession, and the predictions were, you know, late fourth quarter or the first quarter of 2021 is when the turnaround was going to start back up historically on the charts for the freight indexes. Well, we don't know what the outcome is going to be yet. It's too early to tell how we're going to come out of this on the freight indexes on supply and demand. Um, will we turn this thing around first quarter um, 21? It's, you know, let's go to Vegas, I guess. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Boy, if you know that, you, you don't need to be driving a truck. Yeah. <laughs> you should be investing money. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hear many people making those kinds of uh, definite predictions right now, that's for sure. Yeah, I for, I can't see, knowing how cycles work with the election and this going on, I can't see a lot of improvement until after the election anyway. Kind of was, that was the kind of the, I think, general consensus. But, you know, we don't know how we're going to come out of this yet. So, yeah. you know, I I think people need to, you know, Just investigate it on, for their own. Yeah, they need to investigate it on their own. They need to be very realistic about what kind of debt load they can afford to take on. Uh, I would think that, like I mentioned, the one young man, looking at these possibly as opportunities to refinance maybe lower payments you may pay out a longer time it's kind of like the the story we wrote about the the gentleman who 
um, got a home equity loan and he's going to yep. pay out a longer period, but in the long run, he's going to pay less money. So he refinanced the whole situation. That may be um, the opportunity to uh, to consider. Banks and finance companies, they don't want these trucks back. They really don't. Um, yeah. Be efficient. Don't... Yeah. Don't neglect your maintenance and repairs. That's the other thing. You just can't afford to do that. That'll put you out of business faster than anything. So, You can find the story books mentioned there with a quick search at overdriveonline.com. It's called Capture 2020 Vision with Proactive Attention to Repair, Operating, and Finance Costs. It came out well before the current situation in early January. Tough times for many out there, I know. And that's all for now. Keep it pro and access a variety of resources via our Trucking Through Coronavirus hub page at overdriveonline.com slash coronavirus. It includes reporting and a variety of other coverage from ourselves and partners at Truckers News, CCJ, and Truck Parts Service Magazine.